Yeah, you know what time it is. It's crossover time. This is going to be fun. There are two reasons why it's going to be fun. Number one, I'm not sure he knows that the interview is going to start this way. Number two, the internet brings friends together. Bet this brother two years ago when I moved up to Connecticut. He is the guy. And if you don't know him, you will know him. Scooby McGaza. Working at the Worldwide Leader. I said he worked down the street. Down the street meant Bristol. But Scooby, my man, welcome, bro. What's good, my boy? Thank you for having me on. So the biggest reason why I call this the crossover is because I like to take people who are proficient in one thing and ask them about their experience in another. Mm. You played college football. But I also know that you got moves. <laughs> and you fake sing from time to time. And by fake, I mean you you hit notes a little bit. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so I want to know growing up, what was your experience with music, the arts, and stuff like that? So my dad is an artist. He played in the church choir, uh, played on the guitar. And sometimes he would sing. So he's always been into instruments. And when I think back of when I was a kid, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar the same way that he did. And he started to teach me a little bit when I was younger, but too busy, things just happened. I got bored and sports became my thing. But there is that tie with my dad being a musician. And even now he plays the piano, the guitar, wow. sings, all that. And he puts together church services every Sunday. He puts them, so like he picks the songs and yeah. teaches the parts? Yeah, yep. He, he, he was in the band and everything. Uh, my dad was a big time musician and he still enjoys to play instruments. Has all different types of instruments in the house as well. That is so dope. Yeah. So when did, so was it, was there ever a juggling act between having to do the music that you were forced to do before sports or was there a point where you said, nah, this is it. I know what I'm doing. I think when I was younger, you're a kid and you're presented with all these different things. You're trying to figure out if you're interested in it or not, if you like it. And sports were always something that I found intriguing. And my mom said to me uh, when I was older that she wanted her kids to play a lot of sports and she wanted her kids to be involved in athletic activities after school, um, on the weekend, vacation, whatever it is. So I did them all from, because I was born in Africa and Zimbabwe, I did it all from rugby, soccer, swimming, cross country, you name it. And it was a great experience as a kid because it, that's how you make friends. I think sports are one of the best ways to make friends. And not only that, learn some of your best life lessons. So when the music came, I didn't really see the opportunity to make friends and relationships as much as I valued in the sports world because with music, it's kind of you versus you and you got to learn by yourself. And I think when I was a kid, I was just all about friends and playing with people. So sports is what I was drawn more towards. It makes sense. What do you like to listen to now? Because I know when you get ready to go on air, is it a vibe thing for you? Is it a focus <laughs> thing for you? Because for everybody, it's different. And I'll be honest, for me, it like varies by the day. Sometimes it's vibes. Other times it's, I got to go in and get this done. It depends on the show. But I will say when I worked in local news, I always had to get my vibes right. 
So I'm playing um, 80s. I'm playing 90s hip hop. I'm playing whatever can get me almost dancing at my desk. My coworkers would laugh because some of them would even tell you I would have big headphones on my desk beats so I could just hear nobody. I need to be on my own world because the energy that you have right in your script is what you want to reflect on television. And I had a standing desk and I'm sitting there typing like this, you know what I mean, vibing. And through that energy and through that feeling, I found joy in the script writing. And sometimes I'd even throw a lyric in there because I'm big on throwing lyrics into my uh, sports cast. So that's kind of how I get going. It's all about the vibe. You get a kick out of this. So... I did a report on Paige Becker's finally return to practice. And I said something to the tune of, might be Eminem, or could be Beanie Siegel. But if the question is, guess who's back? UConn's hoping that the answer is Paige Becker. Ooh, okay. I felt, oh, felt kind of good about it. That's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bar. <laughs> so tell me this, tell me this. What was your top song when you really needed to go get it? Or I'll make it easier. Get top three songs when you really need to go. Ooh, man, that's a hard question. You're going to make it top three. All right. Um, shoot. For some reason, Candy. Um, By Cameo? Yeah, yeah. You feel me? Okay, all right. I don't know why. That song, <laughs> that song gets me going. And uh, one song that just got me relaxed for some apparent reason was Get It Together, Drake. Um, that song off of more life. Yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know. It just, the, the, the drums, the percussions and that just, it's got me really relaxed. And then uh third one, third one, what's a good third one. Uh, whoo, uh, third one. It can be anything really. The, the third one's got to go on the vibe. I'm trying to think what song got me going for my third one. Man, it would be some gospel or something. Ooh. It would be some gospel. Lil Kirk. Ooh. Ooh. Lil Kirk. Just, it's all about the vibes, right? So songs that kind of get me dancing or get me to be nice and calm because the Get It Together song, it just slowed me down. I don't know why. It gets my heartbeat to cool down. Maybe it's just the sound of how it is. But when you've been running around trying to hit deadline, going to three different games, and you get... Back yep. to the studio with yep. barely any time to write anything and get on air. Yep. You still need to focus. So just something to calm me down. So let me, I want to go in on that just a little bit. Because when you look at like what we do in the hustle and the bustle that it takes to get the job done in a certain yeah. way. Right. It's almost as if the mental approach sort of changes by the day to an extent, mm -hmm. right? So I guess what I'm trying to understand, not really just for me, but for anyone else who tries to figure out how they mentally deal with stuff, is it a vibe check the moment you walk in the door saying, how am I feeling today? Is it a matter of evaluating where your highs and lows are? Because that's the sort of thing that kind of interests me. Mm -hmm. uh, for what really helped me, and I think it can help a lot of people, is... Uh, the hours leading up to your work day, you're getting your vibe right. You're doing the things that will put you in a good frequency where you can vibrate in good energy when you get to work. Your mental, physical, 
and uh, spiritual state needs to be balanced. And it's, it's really all about balance uh, because you don't want to come in too high. You don't want to come in too low. You want to stay even keel and let the day come to you. And being able to understand what emotions you're feeling going in, being able to calm your anxiety before you get into work and remembering that you're doing something you love. Because when you're doing something you love, it's coming from a place of passion. So if you're feeling bad going into it, you should be able to reverse and switch direction to something good because you're passionate about it, right? It's something that brings you joy. Passion, is it comes from a place of joy. So if something's bringing you down, it's about making sure as you head into work, you're, you're doing the things necessary to get you in the right vibe. And for me, it will be hitting the gym. It will be meditation. It will be spending time with God, uh, spiritual, physically, and mentally. I preach that over and over again. And once you can get yourself in a point of good balance and energy heading into work, everything else should fall into place. Speaking of falling into place, how does a kid who grew up in Zimbabwe get here and has played every other sport under the sun Decide American football is the way to go. My love for rugby. My love for rugby. Uh, when I was in fourth grade in Africa, um, I have great, I, I'm glad I have memories of when I was out there. And when I was on the rugby team, it was a game that I just fell in love with, of being able to hold the ball and just try to juke out people, fight off anyone who's trying to tackle you. And I was great at it as a kid. So when I came to America, uh, my brother, was also a football player and he oh, wow. also loved rugby and he ended up playing American football. And it was like, okay, if it, you know how kids are, if your brother's doing it, you're also going to look of into course. it. And it correlated well with rugby and my love for rugby ended up being transferred over to my love for football. High school, then college. You've told me this story. I think you probably told a couple other people. But I'm so curious to know when you decided that talking about sports for a living is what you wanted. Uh, senior year. It was a senior or junior year. One teacher, Mr. Corbett, I'll never forget it. We were having a conversation at the end of the class. And he was one of those teachers who took the time out to get to know his students, had conversations when class was over, and the students felt comfortable enough to be in a room with him opening up. And he's asked me, Scooby, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to become? Obviously, football was my love, my passion. I said, I'm trying to make it to the league. That's what every kid has, league dreams at some point when you're trying right. to come up. He's like, all right, cool. Like you, you can do that. But what would you want to do? Like your fallback or some, something after the game where it's you wake up every day and you don't hate your job because you don't want to be in that situation. And when he broke down how some people wake up every single day doing what they hate, I was like, I don't want that. So I'm like, all right, if I'm not going to play in the league, I at least want to be around the game and talk about it. So talking about sports was my obvious next option. And I was the class clown. I was the outgoing kid. I was the, the, the funny dude. I, I, I didn't mind performing. So it all just went together well. And that's how I came about the decision. So you get out of school and Curry, from what I understand, is a pretty solid broadcast in school, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get out of school and how, what was the journey to get there? 
Uh, ESPN. I mean, yeah, how? Let's try the first. Let's try the. Let's try the stop before ESPN. Iowa, oh, Iowa yeah. or Michigan. All right. So when I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to do this, but. As for a lot of kids out there, you're going to understand in this industry, you have to start in a low market in order to get to a higher one. You also have to leave home to be able to come back home. So I had a resume reel, and the resume reel was late. I probably realized I had to make one and get all this tape together late my junior year. And I applied for jobs. I couldn't get anything. Nobody really messed with it. And I'm like, okay, um, as I continue to apply, my professor hit me up and he said, Scooby, there's an opening at Boston 25 News. It was the Fox 25 at that time, but it was teleprompter worker. And I worked 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. just turning a knob. And it was my foot in the door opportunity. So since nothing else was working, I'm like, I just need to get a chance to be in a room because... You just have to find a way to get yourself on the team. And I got onto the Fox 25 team as a teleprompter worker, as a guy who graduated college on the dean's list, somebody who was in the communication program doing a lot of stuff. And when I got there, I went up to the sports department and I said, I'm only here because I'm trying to do what you're doing. So how can I get to where you are? And then from there on, Brian Selman, he knows who he is, my mentor till this day and my, my brother, he took me under his wing and he began to show me the ropes, show me how to do everything. And I would shadow him. So after working 3 a.m. to 11 a.m., I would go to all the New England Patriot media days. I would go to every home game for the Patriots, Boston, Red Sox, Celtics. But the catch was I had to do that after I clocked out because my title is teleprompter worker. So that was my first job out of college for 19 months. And after shadowing him, he would let me go after him on the camera and do my own thing and kind of mimic and he would coach me up, say it like this, do it like this, whatever it was. He calls me his protege and he would just coach me up and it, it went it went such a long way for me because he took the time out to teach me and to show me what he was doing and from that I was able to create a resume reel which got me my first on-camera job. It's so interesting you talk about mentorship because especially in this industry, it's really competitive. At times, it can even be cutthroat. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how many times you probably had to take unkind words from someone who really wasn't even in a position to say it. What kept you going? Because I know it can be hard out there. If you're going to do something you're passionate about, then you have to be willing to fail at it. And... Through my process of trying to get to ESPN, because the day that I decided I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, ESPN was my goal. From the day that I stepped my foot on college, I said, I want to work at ESPN. And as an athlete, you understand that it's a process. And you understand that coaches are going to tell you that you suck. <laughs> They're going to tell you that you need to improve upon a certain thing. You have to be able to take criticism because... At the end of the day, if you're pointing out something that I need to improve upon, now I have something to fail, to fail and improve at. As humans, we're always looking for problems to solve, right? Because at the end of the day, that's truly what keeps us motivated. And 
keeps us pushing because there's always problems. We all have problems. Some problems are good. Some problems are bad. I mean, going to the gym is a problem within itself when you start because you're going to start being sore and everything. You're going to have to make time to go to the gym, but that's a problem. And the problems that I had to deal with in my career were sometimes people tell me I'm not good. People tell me that um, I should do news instead of sports. But the thing that kept me going is the fact that I'm passionate about this and I knew what my end goal was. So having the value of honest improvement, I was always open to constructive criticism. I never let my perspective of the words that were coming at me to be something that was meant to make me give up, but it was rather an opportunity for improvement. And every time I was offered an opportunity for improvement, I worked at it religiously and wanted to get to the point where I could show that person again. And then they would say respect. So for me, it was about perspective in the constructive criticism that I've gotten. And some of it was good. Some of it was bad. But at the end of the day, it was something that I needed to hear to improve. And I was willing to fail. I was willing to hear the hard words. And you have to be able to take responsibility for those things. And people sometimes aren't willing to do that. What's the biggest misconception about working at the Worldwide Leader? Because you did your audition, you got the call. Clearly, you are thriving. I mean, you hosted the XFL show. You've been on pretty much every digital platform that I could find you on. But what's the biggest misconception about working in Bristol? I would say that people don't realize how much of an art it actually is uh, because you wear so many different hats. On one show, you're a host, AKA the driver. So you're like a point guard in a basketball game. You're trying to throw assists and alley-oops and you're trying to put your co-host in a position to be successful. That is your responsibility, not necessarily for you to be the guy that's scoring 30. You're trying to have 30 assists. So when you're a host, that's your responsibility. And then when you're an analyst, now you're having to dunk it to make the points to score. And you're going to have to give information and give takes. And that's a different way to approach a broadcast game. And then sometimes you're number two. And when you're the number two, you're the second analyst. And you're kind of feeding off or giving a different opinion or debating and then there's also anchoring and when you're anchoring a show now you have teleprompter now you're doing highlights and then after that there's snapchat and snapchat is a different type of anchoring because it's pre-recorded it's a different personality it's a different platform so you're wearing these different hats and mentally you got to be able to change your delivery and how you broadcast sports and i don't think people realize that and they just think we're going up there and talking and for the people that actually come into it, they realize how much work it takes to be at this level to research your off days or your prep days. And when you're watching the show, it all looks easy. Like they just watched and they, they had whatever they said ready to go. But there's so much work and organization that went behind the scenes with the whole team that it was truly a lot of work that came into it from the week leading up that made that moment special. Give me your favorite moment from working there so far, because you've been a lot of places. I would say the Black Panther world premiere. 
when I was uh, there in L.A., Snapchat Sports Center asked me to go there for the world premiere of the movie and be on the red carpet talking to the stars of the movie. So I got to ask some questions and I got to wear traditional African clothing that my dad had somebody make for him and it just fit perfect. I mean, it was black and gold and my dad just had it in his closet and I got it fitted to put me on. Um, it, maybe you could throw on some B-roll here of it. <laughs> I'm gonna find uh, it. <laughs> but, I'm gonna find the courtesy now. But, but the thing looked like the Black Panther outfit and i was there speaking to the stars of the movie and they were appreciative of the way that i was dressed i was vibing with them and it was a moment of yo i'm a part of a group of people that are going to see this movie for the first time in the world i'm talking to these actors with the number one movie in the world and i was connecting with them and that was a really cool experience being there on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and then watching the movie in that room with them. When you think about where you started and how far you've come to even sit and have the experiences that you've had, sum up in one word what looking back at that makes you feel like. Mm. Grateful, uh, gratitude to be in this position because I had to start on the bottom and being at that position made me want that other position which looked so far away even more. And being at the bottom makes you appreciate the struggle because there's beauty in the struggle is what they all say. Makes you humble, makes you realize that that is there, and I don't want to have this here anymore. And being in the situations that I was in of Michigan, where there's 30 black people population total, 8,000 people having to learn how to cut my own hair because no black people are there. And then going to Iowa and living there for three years, which wasn't bad, but I was still in Iowa for three years as a kid who grew up in Boston, uh, it makes you appreciate the fact that, hey, I went through it and I was grateful through every single step. And that value right there is something that can keep you fueled and moving because I wasn't judging it on one specific thing that I needed to get accomplished. So what comes next? Well, I'm at the Worldwide Leader, so at this point in time, it's about climbing that ladder, right? Uh, but really, the, the, the goal is, to, is progress and growth. That's my goal. I don't want to necessarily tell people, oh, my goal is to have, to be on SportsCenter or have my own show and do this and do that and do that, because then once you attain it, it's like, what now? You know, it, that now, what you've been chasing for 20 years, you have it. Now what are you going to do? Just to try and prove upon it? Yes, but I think those are things that I want to accomplish, but growth is rather my value and the thing that I'm measuring myself by of constant improvement and trying to be humble through the process 
and understand that there's beauty in the struggle and everything that comes with it is meant for me to grow. Well said, sir. How can the people keep up with you in case they don't know already? Uh, you can catch me on Instagram, Scoobtastic, S-K-U-B-Tastic. You can catch me on Twitter, <laughs> Scooby Magaza. Uh, and you can catch me on just about any social media handle because Scooby, the way that I spell it is S-K-U-B-I-E and there really isn't any other Scoobies that you can find like that. It's easy to find me on social media. Okay, I do have one more question. Was Scoobtastic your idea? Yeah, my man. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a football thing. Uh, being on the football team and making a play on the field, and then you start talking crap with your teammates. They call me Scooptastic. Hey, <laughs> I love it. I love it. My man, thank you for gracing us here on this third episode, man. It's been a real treat, and the stories that you shared here, I've heard before, but it's really different to hear them through this different lens and the fact that you're willing to share it took the time out just celebrated your birthday and everything yes, man sir. it's something i really really appreciate oh, thank you for having me bro. love what you're doing keep doing it uh subscribe to this man's channel because you know the vibe it's gonna be nothing but good stuff coming at you heard he said it not me just so we're clear <laughs> brother yeah.